guys. I got my uh, sea turtle cup today. Looking wow. forward to uh, getting in the word with some coffee and thinking right of Habakkuk. And as we uh, as we gather today, we're in chapter three of this very short uh, book uh, from a prophet who started out arguing with God and calling God to task. But in chapter three, uh, which comes right out after God kind of put his foot down on uh, in verse 20 of chapter two and said, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the earth keep silent before him. And uh, that that sovereign statement of his reign and rule over the earth reminded Habakkuk that God is in charge and he is not. And so he breaks now into a, a prayer of praise um, because he knows that God is watching over him. And even though they're going to face judgment, they're going to face it in the context of the grace of God. So let's uh, let's do a little reading. We're just going to read uh, chapter three here, and then we'll talk about uh, the celebration. Why are we reading? Why are we reading? Well, yeah, because, I mean, in my study for Habakkuk, it's <laughs> it, this, this Habakkuk chapter three um, is defined kind of like David and a lot of the Psalms. Right. Um, and, and which means whether we have harps or whether we have violins or cymbals or whatever, I believe part or all of this is meant to be sung. I, so that means true. if we're in six verses, but one of most, us, I most of the listeners to, to this podcast have heard me try to sing and they know how brutal it is. And they would turn off their, they would mute their computer completely if they thought there was a chance that that would happen. Isaac? Um, I got his gift of singing. Here's what I think we should do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's break this up. We'll read it through. Paul, you close us. And that verse 19, you let us have it. Sing? Yeah. 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 Well, you're the, you're the, the voice made for microphones, uh, right? Uh, yeah. If you want to hear Isaac <laughs> fires deep to Randall, caught at the 10, <laughs> touchdown, Panthers. <laughs> Yeah, I can, or, and they're racing. Here comes Randall and Isaac on the outside. Uh, yeah, okay, God God guided that that way. When it comes to singing, um, like Michael McDonald of the Doobie Brothers, are, are both of you familiar? Yes. Yep. Well, like the way he sounds, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. Taking it to, uh, that's about all I know voice-wise. So like my part would, that might have oh, actually Lord, been the tune. We don't know. That could have been the tune. I don't know tune. if I can do a Michael McDonald impression with with something something so sovereign as the word of God shared by a prophet Habakkuk. Do we know? Do we know that Habakkuk wasn't also calling horse track races? <laughs> um, well, in Judah at the time. Well, I mean, reading between the lines of the Bible, which you know we all know is just really cool to do to try to pretend like we know exactly what God meant. Um, in, in, the, in some points of the Bible, there are what I believe are chariot races. Yeah. And those races may have needed an announcer. Absolutely. And Habakkuk is just on the, the roof of the, uh, the stables there, just calling the chariot races. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you know what, 2,600 years ago, I'd sleep on dirt. I'd say 1,500 years ago, give us this day our daily bread, because funny, we have no food, and it'd be hard to find food. I would live that entire life, 
as a disciple of Jesus Christ, mm. and if calling races for the Romans or chariot races, I guess that's what I was doing. Well, then that means my kind probably are going to be uh, disappointed in me. <laughs> and then I'm in essence going to be serving evil. Mm. So maybe that means Christ would walk along like Matthew, the tax collector, and wink at me and say, come on, Paul, come yeah. on, racetrack <laughs> announcer. Well, if that's the case, I'm 1000% in. Do it again, Lord, right now. Amen. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's look at this prayer. Oh, Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. Oh, Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Parat. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand and there he veiled his power. Before him were pestilence and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. Hmm. You want me to continue? Please do. Well, you told me I had 19, like Michael McDonald. What am I supposed to do here? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get Isaac, you there. Isaac will get you there. I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea? When you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation, you stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. Mm. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors, who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I hear and my body trembles. Mm. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Well, uh, us back home. in 317, are you continuing? You bring us home. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the field yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places. To the choir master, with stringed instruments. All right. So he tells them how to play it and how okay, to sing. Can I ask a question before the preacher yes. starts the dissection? Sure. Um, when you guys pray, um, do, do 
do you try to pray like the prophets or the disciples, apostles, whatever, are talking like, like the way Habakkuk is, is talking with God here? And, you know, it's a long form, um, thank you, and I've given in, I've submitted, I'm vulnerable, um, I understand. Like, the, the way Habakkuk's talking here, is it in any way how you guys pray? Uh, not not usually, no. I mean, sometimes I think there's a time to get deep like this, but most of the time it's just a conversation with God. Yeah. It's adoring him and thanking him and yeah. confessing where I messed up and I need to do more of that than I do and uh, and then asking for his blessings and care on others. But uh, yeah, this is a this is a deep prayer and it's coming out of the depth of Habakkuk's heart because his his focus has been rearranged from looking at his circumstances and wondering why God is not doing anything to now looking at his God and realizing he's actually in control of everything. Yeah. And so he can't help but praise him because of recognizing and being reminded from a straight conversation, really his rebuke of God in, in chapter one uh, led to God making these sovereign statements about who he is and what he's doing, which now leads Habakkuk to say, oh yeah, now I remember and, who I'm talking to. And for those who, um, who may have missed the earlier podcast, I mean, not to go long form on this, but I mean, Babylon post-Assyria with Israel the Holy Land and, and the bride and the child and just everything as important to God's heart, at least the Bible teaches, as there can be. It, it's right. God was using the enemy and the worst of the worst exactly. to discipline what he loves most. And Habakkuk was like, you know, kind of like Jonah and Nineveh. Are you kidding me with this? Right. And You're not going to do that. Of the beauty of the story. Yeah. Well, yeah. what I love is so as we've talked about in previous episodes, like when we go to God and give him our heart as it is, and we don't try to dress it up and make it all nice and pretty for him. We give him our heart with our questions, with our doubts, with our concerns. God will always show us who he is, right? His heart. Yeah. His heart, but also who he is. And so that's what he does here in response to Habakkuk twice yeah. And what I think is so cool is Habakkuk then, in this chapter three, his sort of final response to God sharing who he is, Habakkuk is basically retelling God what God just got done telling him. Mm -hmm. And so you see, like these, the in first a, like, form of praise, verses, instead of a question, it's a praise. Yeah. Exactly. And the first 15 verses are just him rephrasing in his own words the might and power and glory of God that God just got done sharing with him. Like it's a, it's all yes. the same thoughts and themes of who God is and his power and his majesty. And he just heard this from God. And, and yeah. so Paul, your oh, question, right. like, you know, when you, when you're praying from God to, for me, it's like, a, it's an interaction between me and God. And so yep. often it's, it's just me experiencing God and who he is. And then just turning around and almost like letting him know, like, Hey, I heard you. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> Right. And now this is how I see you because this is how you've shown yourself to me. So what you're saying is you don't like how I pray. And when I get deep in prayer and I'm like, Heavenly Father, 
the leaves on the trees are beautiful, but none of them are blowing. Six of the eight trees have died, but I don't need the fruit from them anyway. When I try to be that person, that I'm that I'm not to be that person. Is that what you're saying, Isaac? No, you be that person. That's who God's telling you. And I feel like you're <laughs> quoting Habakkuk there. Right. Uh, that's a, a box. You just put me in a box. That <laughs> Habakkuk box. The Habakkuk um, box. That's what we've got here. I like that. Yeah, but it just it just hit me as we read through this that this is it. It it sounds like God talking, but it's Habakkuk oh. talking. And this oh. is the first time in this book he sounded like God. Exactly. He sounded like anything but God in, for two chapters. Yeah. And uh, Well, how about, I mean, the Apostle Paul, uh, who wrote the most books in the Bible, it, I mean, there's so many places through Ephesians um, um, uh, and, and Philippians and so Romans and so on, where, I mean, yeah, you, you get so into it and the Holy Spirit is dominating Paul to share in a way, whether it's through Luke in Acts or not, but what's being shared, it's like you're thinking the writer or the Paul or the writer is God. You know, mm-hmm. technically, it's it's every word is from God. I understand. Yeah, exactly. It's God. Yeah. And it feels, but, you know, being, being a pastor um, and being, you know, four, four and a half years into reading the Bible and, and learning that Christ was God on earth and a complete conversion in my life and the greatest time of my life ever, no matter what's happening, um, you know, there as a pastor, you know, you're, there are going to be times I would imagine, I'm not saying people are going to look at you and want to clean your feet or thinking that like you're not the same uh, as God would look at everybody because they're just so bit by the Holy Spirit at that moment. I, I've had those moments, you know, where I've been at churches, been listening to preaches and I'm excited to talk to the pastor and, and everything. So maybe it's kind of like, I don't know, talking to a lead singer or an athlete or whatever, but it's not, I mean, because it involves the word of God. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I, I saw a quote from Albert Moeller, who's the president of one of our Baptist seminaries this week. He said, preaching is important because God has spoken. Yeah. And it's not that we're speaking, but we're, we're, we're holding up this Bible, this word of God and opening it for people. Yeah. And it's important. What we're doing is important, uh, not because of what we say, but because of what God has said. And we want people to know it. And right. And, and, and you know, outside, got that. He, he's like, God has spoken and he's yeah. in charge and I'm not. So I can but be see, okay. If, if we get out in the street and we talk like that to 200 people, a majority of them are going to be like, well, because here's how I would put it. Pastors, preachers, Randall, you were called as with a gift of sharing the word of God, which still keeps you the same in, in the eyes of God, according, you know, according to what the Bible teaches, right? That's your job. That's your gift. That's the path God has put you on. So inherently there's going, there is expected to be a different level of knowledge, a different level of conviction, a different walk. There's going to be a different walk in life. Um, What the expectations are each, you know, unto their own, I guess. But you see what I'm saying here is it's an unbelievably beautiful calling. And as I said to you, either recording or not, before we started this whole thing, my reverence and love for pastors uh, really with, with, you know, I live a public life with the jobs I do, but I did not realize truly what a public life is until the majority of my friends became pastors and, (laughs) and just how the microscope is on pastors. Right. Even from those who have memorized first John, 
and all they say is little children and beloved. But there's still, you know, sadly, there are still people looking to poke holes in things. And sure. now that's the walk of a public life, not the play-by-play racetrack or radio that I live, man. Mm. Right. And, and so Habakkuk, he just can't help. But yeah, sound like God. I like the way you said that, Isaac. He's re- rehashing what God has told him. And he's celebrating the fact that God is all-powerful that he, he created the earth and he shapes it for his purposes, that he, uh, he is accomplishing his, his purpose. And because of that, he says to God in verse two, in wrath, remember mercy. Yeah. I understand now that we must be judged, that, that you will do that. And okay, you're going to use the Babylonians. Um, be merciful because they're not going to be. <laughs> we only have a chance if you temper what they're doing with your mercy. And so please do so. But regardless of what happens, I'm okay. And you know what I would love? And actually, maybe you know this answer. Um, like you probably don't though. How how long? Like I would love to know the timeline that it takes to get from a back one one yeah. to a back 319, right? Like, oh wow, and, yeah. Now, yeah. Like, did this take, did this take weeks and months, you know, and God, cause like we have interactions with God, we can have conversations that last long. And this one's written down in a way that, that, you know, you can read this in 10 minutes, right? Right. Um, so it would be 30 in the first chapter and 60 in the third chapter. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know because it just, it just jumps out at me not to skip to the end of chapter three, but I'm going to skip to the end of chapter three because that's mm-hmm. where the, I feel like the gold is. Um, but he says at the end of verse 16, yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us, right? Yeah. So he says, I'm going to quietly wait on you, Lord. But just to, just w- literally one chapter before. So uh, verse one of chapter two. Yes. He says, this is where he's getting all boasty. And he says, I will take my stand on my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will, like he's very impatient. Yeah, he's challenging God. Said, "Hey, I'm gonna stand here and wait until you do yeah. something about this." And yeah, when you do like answer me, I'll have something to say a little it. bit. Yeah. yeah, and so that that God can just change His heart so much that that in this same book He's saying the exact opposite side of the coin. Whereas I'm impatient and I'm waiting to see what you do. Yeah. To, I'm going to quietly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us <laughs> which shows he now trusts that god's going to do it right right so instead of i'm going to wait to see if you're going to do something about this it's i know you're going to do something about this right and i know i know it's going to be what i want but i'm going to patiently wait for it and just the shift of it i, I know when i look back on my <laughs> life and paul you've talked about this too that especially in the last four years of your life that now your brain is on the other side of the coin. Your heart is on the other side of the coin and the exact same things can happen. And you're responding in a completely different way. Yeah. 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 Mostly. And this is just being a Christian who's straightforward, honest. It's, you know, that, that is one thing for me that still taps on me a little bit is, is the line of delineation and granted the Holy Spirit's guiding all of these conversations. And I have a lot of respect for that. But when certain situations pop up at work or in the neighborhood or whatever, exactly how to handle it in that situation to not turn off a non-Christian. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yes. 
I mean, right. it, it's hard to explain. I probably did. Well, of course, Isaac thinks I didn't say it the right way, but <laughs> the real stuff, I'm becoming the surrogate. So, you know, <laughs> but hey, how about off what Isaac read, uh, verse one, chapter two? Uh, I have the the uh, Gospel Transformation Bible, which I love, and it's uh, ESV, uh-huh. and, uh, the uh, the English Standard Version. And right after that, when it gets into the righteous shall live by his faith, mm-hmm. how about how terse God is in this version when he gets in here? Uh, well, Habakkuk says, and the Lord answered me. That's terse. Mm. Then the Lord says, write the vision. <laughs> write the vision. I yeah. mean, the angel at Patmos with John to start Revelation wasn't exactly super gentle, but was markedly more gentle than this. Yeah. Right, the vision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and make it plain. That, but that—that's yeah. what Habakkuk needed, yeah. and it kicked him in gear here. It kicked him in gear, and then he kind of turned around. Um, he did, yeah. The two by four approach sometimes is necessary and effective. Yeah, because then it gets to, I think one of the most, you know, what struck me as we were prepping for Habakkuk, uh, I went, I went back and searched my notes um, in, in my, on my phone, uh, just for Habakkuk to see how often it showed up in my, my daily studies over the last handful of years. And it blew my mind how often these verses have shown up in my life over the last handful of years. Habakkuk, how do you do that on your phone? Uh, so I keep notes on the notes app and then oh, you yeah. can search that. And so I search for a backup. It has the get, date. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just takes me through it in my notes. I have the date. Um, yeah. I love but, that. but the verse three or chapter three, verse 17 through 19, that, um, yeah. that those, those show up often throughout the last couple of years. And it just hit me. Like I never thought about myself spending that much time in a backup before. Right, right, but it because <laughs> it is such a it is such awesome. a release. Habakkuk is releasing his worry, releasing his angst about what's going to happen. It's going to get bad, and the Babylonians play for keeps. And unless God is merciful, we'll have absolutely nothing. But I don't care. Verse seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. If we don't have anything, we've got God. And God, at the end of the day, is everything I need, Habakkuk. He's surrendered. Yeah. It doesn't matter if we've got herds in the stalls. It doesn't matter if the flocks are here or not. It doesn't matter if the fields produce crops. I mean, food is kind of important to us. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If it's all gone and there isn't any, oh, well. Yeah. God will, God will work that out because he's my source. He's my strength. I can dance on the high places because I'm his. Say la. Sela. Say la. Yeah. Say la. Yeah. And you look at this list he does in 17 through 18, like, yeah, food is on it for sure. Um, but then this is also like the, the produce of the olive. Like this is how he made money. If success goes away, if the bank account dries up, the flocks cut off. So that's the, the, like what he has to do. Like this very much sounds like Job, which Paul yeah. referenced multiple times um, yeah. as we walk through Habakkuk as well. Um, and then there's no herd in the stalls. So like you think about, right, we talk about horse riding and like there's no entertainment there. Like just life, there's nothing 
from right. our view of good in life, if all of that's gone yet, one of the most powerful yet's in the Bible. That's yeah. a big yet. Yeah. I will rejoice in the Lord. Like that, this is what Job is so long. We, we, we ascribe people to go read Job and we should just say like, go read Habakkuk 3, right. 17 through 19 and you get the entire book of Job. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's but see, but I mean, Job, the book of Job floors you so quickly, so soon. And in 2023, where we don't know what it was like 2,600, 3,000 years ago, and we did, we weren't given this, in essence, bet, wager, challenge between God and, and Satan, Satan, the devil. Right. But it, it hits you so hard so early with the devil basically being like, you know, he's not it. And, and God's like, yeah, he is. He's, he might be the it of it. He's fantastic. Well, let's see. Don't kill him. And then it, it starts out like that. And, right. and then it gets into, I mean, what it, it's, I love it, you know, because then you got the friends and everything, but maybe we'll do Job sometime. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah exactly. Hold on. I don't want to forget this uh, because Isaac, um, Isaac as the mouthpiece through the Holy Spirit has just really, really hit me hard mm. with Habakkuk 2. Uh, verse one with, um, you know, talking like we would talk now. I'm up here on the tower. I'm looking for you. I'm waiting for you. I can't yeah. completely say that you don't exist. And I know in my heart, I probably love you. Where are you, man? Or what are we doing? Okay. So yeah. we kind of got Nathaniel under the fig tree there for the New Testament. Right. However, how about this lesson in the very next line? Because like I said, then, then God gets terse after Habakkuk says, and the Lord answered me. God comes in with, write the vision and um, make it plain on tablets uh, so it may run who re uh, so it may run who reads it. Here we go. Because I just think this is so important in life now coming up and, and what we have known. Uh, for the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. It seems slow. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Uh, so where do we want to begin with that? We want to tie it to Jesus. I mean, that's that's <laughs> in a roundabout way exactly what we would hear right. with the angel of the Lord, who in the Old Testament, I need a scholar to, to beat me down and tell me that the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is not Jesus. And if you're a Christian, I almost believe you have to believe it. The is, is Jesus. But that's a conversation yeah. for a different time. This right. is such a wonderful lesson here, Pastor, on God's schedule, not ours. Because Habakkuk's gone through all of this and then the wailing, and he's frustrated. It's Babylon. It's Israel, what I and everybody loves most, and you. And then now I have to wait. Well, yeah, I have to wait. I'm going to be happy about it because it's your schedule, not mine. There's so much waiting in the Bible. <laughs> you know, and, and, and probably the most significant waiting is everybody celebrates the babe in the manger. And they heard from the shepherds as they were told by the angels, this is the Messiah. Well, they had to wait 30 years for him to grow up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then, and then his wow. ministry and then, and, and, and now we're waiting for his return. There's a whole lot of waiting in the Bible, but what are you supposed to do while you're waiting? And, and he told him in verse four of chapter two, and we see him living it out in chapter three, the just will live by faith. Habakkuk, yeah. you got to trust me. And so yeah. what I think in chapter three is, you're right. Yeah. I trust you. 
doesn't matter what plays out. However it plays out, I trust you. I'm living by faith. Yeah. And so really the way you can rephrase that is God saying, but the righteous shall wait in faith. We'll wait. Like really, I mean, life is waiting. Like you're, you're waiting for, for different elements. You're waiting for God. It's a, it's a complete journey for us. Even as he shows up, there's more growing to be done. Ultimately we're waiting to be perfected at the end of life, but to live by faith is, as you point out, so much waiting in the Christian life to live by faith is very much to wait by faith. But can can you imagine if 2000 years ago with all this waiting doubting Thomas was doubting Thomas Petty and it was doubting Tom Petty and he came up with on a harp the waiting is the hardest part maybe he did who's to say he didn't doubting we don't have proof we do not have proof that he did not just like yeah. Habakkuk calling yeah. racist <laughs> and, and I'm not playing this song until I get up there and I see this and I touch it and then he's like, hey, <laughs> the waiting is the heart. Hmm. I had no idea that this conversation was going to take us there, but that's okay because God knows and he knows what he's doing. And we can, and we're there. And we we're are there. there. We're there. We're waiting. We're waiting on the Lord. We lay in wait. Yes. <laughs> but, but not inactively. And we don't wait fretting. And we don't wait anxiously. We wait knowing, yeah, we're waiting to see what God does. Yeah. And how Just like Billy Graham said to John Wesley's, do it again, Lord. Do mm. it again, Lord. Mm. Right here, right now. Do yes. it again. Absolutely. Yeah. And so uh, all we need is the Lord. And when we come to that moment of faith, then we're ready to walk in whatever comes our way. So can I tell you something that I got out of those last three verses that this happened at some point in the last couple of years that I was reminded of mm. as we prepped for these? Um, because you read 17, 18, 19, and the, the, the first sort of low-hanging fruit takeaway is like, yeah, be okay when bad things happen because God is your joy, right? Right. But then we, we've always talked, you talk about mountaintops and valleys, right? Where mountaintops yeah. always signify your, your good times. You're like experiencing God or just at times are going well. The valleys are when you're going through trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you can't feel God as close. You're not as close to God, but it's just trouble in the valleys. Yes, sir. experiences on the mountaintop, right? right. Um, I always thought, I always looked at that kind of linear, right? Like you travel through the valley and you climb up the mountain mm-hmm. to the mountaintop. You're there for whatever amount of time. Then you Hang go back down. It hit me, the the words that Habakkuk uses here in verse 19. He says, God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes my feet tread on my high places. And that he makes my feet. That it's not always a journey from valley to high place that like your circumstances change. Because the journey is like your circumstances change. Mm -hmm. God... While you're standing in the valley, makes your feet tread on the high places. Like that, it's he just he makes you in the high place. Being with God is the high place. Is the high place. Yeah, is the high place. And so when he's there, 
he makes your feet to be walking in the high place. And so he turns your valley. He doesn't always change the circumstances, but he turns it into a high place for you. And that just shifted a Mm. mindset for me. You know, as I live life, if you feel like you're in a valley, because that will happen. And David talked about it a ton in Psalms. You're going to feel like you're in a valley. Right. Look for God. Because when you recognize God's presence, one, he's there. He tells Habakkuk he's there with him here. And and he just needs that. He tells Joshua at the beginning of Joshua, I'm with you. Be strong and courageous because I'm with you. And if you ever don't feel strong or you don't feel courageous, I'm with you. And as soon as you can remember that, you will be strong and courageous. And Mm -hmm. and it's so when we feel like we're in valleys, it's not that God has left us. God is right there with us and he's ready for us to be in the high place with him again. Right. You just got to see him. And so look, find God in that place. And you find him. How about um, a super prominent name, obviously from the whole Bible. I believe he wrote the most words in the Bible, Moses. And and um, Randall, take me deep here if I don't explain this exactly correct. Off what Isaac just said, the surrogate. Well, Moses, I mean, outside of the resurrection, is there a greater miracle to see maybe the rising of Lazarus than the parting of the Red Sea? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I mean, right. that's just, that's even for those who barely know a little bit about the Bible, parting of the Red Sea. You know that part, yeah. You've heard that in football, football, college football or pro calls mm-hmm. is, you know, Randall got up the middle for 65 and a touchdown. Look at that blocking, Vern. That's mm-hmm. the parting of the Red Sea. So, <laughs> yes, but, but you have what? to be for me to get out. <laughs> so Moses, in, in kind of in this vein, yes. questioning, complaining, rejoicing, um, well, he didn't get to enter the Holy Land. Um, at the end of the equation, he spends those 40 years of the Exodus from uh, Pharisee, all the, from, from uh, excuse me, um, uh, the Pharaoh, right. all the way through, and he doesn't even get to go in, right. you know, which is a conversation on the side as to why. It's pretty self, it's pretty explanatory when you read it. Yeah. But don't you think that fits a little bit too there? Yeah, yeah. Again, I think I think what Habakkuk is experiencing here is real life faith, uh, in when life gets hard. And Moses experienced it. David experienced it. Daniel experienced it. They've all experienced it, um, and uh, the disciples as well. And, and you know, Paul just reminded me. Talking about Moses, like there was a time, and Dad, maybe you know exactly. Oh, hold what on, it is. this is so weird. I had my black cat Gypsy, who I love a ton. Baby. <laughs> she just walked in front of the computer, this black cat, and I lost, almost lost the full connection, and my microphone came out. And I'm like, <laughs> "What's this black cat trying to do?" To mm-hmm. the, you know, this this praise of God yes. and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Godhead and the trinity and there goes the black cat so we took care of that anyway <laughs> so we've taken care of the black cat but you talk about I Moses. Take care of it god took care of it stop putting me in that corner isaac <laughs> you're right i was painting you in a god box there i was trying to upgrade you from the habakkuk box to the god box <laughs> and we'll keep I you in the paul box Lord. um but moses oh moses didn't get to go in the promised land but i'm reminded of when earlier when the israelites were being the israelites and really made god mad Right. Yes, right. God said, um, you guys better leave my presence because I'm going to kill you. 
When was that? Yeah. Oh, early it, in Exodus? Early yeah. in Exodus. Right. Oh. Yeah. And, but was, then Moses says, right. Moses goes to God and says, God, we're not going without you. Mm. We are not going, we do not want the promised land if you are not it's there. Not, it's so not we the will stay here in the yeah. desert with you until you decide to take us. And so Moses told God, <laughs> You're my promised land. Yeah. Being with you is my promised land. And so it just struck me as Paul was bringing that up that he didn't yeah. get to go to the, the promised land, but that that he had declared that God was his promised land. And so wherever we're moving in life, that that's what, this is what God's is saying here. Yeah. This is what God's this. telling Habakkuk here and what Habakkuk is telling God. I'm away with you and you are my joy. And it's not my cir circumstances, not my surroundings. It's not even the promises that God himself has given me. Right. I don't depend on the promises of God as much as I depend on God. Yeah. Wherever he is, whether it's here in the valley or on the mountaintop or in the desert or in the promised land, milk, honey, or manna. Um, or none. Which is what a back saying here. Yeah. I've got God. That's all I need. And, and Randall, Randall probably wants to finish by saying, and episode number three of our chat about the book of Exodus. <laughs> yeah. Week. Next week, Paul is going to grow his beard and uh, he's going to walk down from a metaphorical mountain and throw down tablets and some great big fat gold pig's going to explode. That's next week. We have coffee together with the woods. So, um, before you wrap up here, I don't want to forget this. Absolutely. Uh, you, guys, you, you guys both probably know this, but I mean, it, it's really hit me hard here. And uh, Pastor Wes, best friend of mine, uh, Faith Family Church here in Minnesota. He, um, you know, he's my teacher and I just love Wes. He, he actually put me on this during a preach and, and I want to share it because it um, takes Habakkuk chapter three and the word rejoice. And Isaac just referenced the word joy, which is a derivative of rejoice. Right. And, um, and there are many places it's in here, but, you know, like in 17 and 18, though the fig tree should not blossom nor the fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the field yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Okay, so we've seen, we've now learned Habakkuk has gone from the ultimate complainer, doesn't understand why the ultimate adversary of all adversaries ever to adversary at that moment um, <laughs> is being used to discipline what matters more than anything in God's heart, as you will learn in the Bible, the promised land, the holy land, Israel, north and south and everything, and Israel's corrupt at that time. So he's struggling with that. Whole thing comes around. We have singing. We have Randall saying Hashem at sermons. Uh, we have uh, we have Selah being uh, mentioned for two, 3,000 years. And there is rejoicing with that whole turn, kind of like Philippians chapter four, written by mm -hmm. the apostle Paul, yes. his second prison stint, mm -hmm. and recognizes, paraphrasing, being in prison sucks. And I got <laughs> these Romans and these Pharisees and these Sadducees, and they're all coming at me from all angles. Right. But um, as he writes here, Philippians chapter four and uh, verse 10. Um, so he sets it up with uh, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. 
that now at length you have uh, revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And it goes on and on. Mm -hmm. It's rejoiced, rejoiced. It's Habakkuk's situation is terrible, probably. No food, nowhere to sleep. Feels like he's lost his best friend. His best friend has gone around the, the block to the enemy. Um, he doesn't understand. He's ripping him. He's at the top of the tower, wailing like Nathaniel under the fig tree, just completely giving up. And then the Lord comes through and Habakkuk rejoices. Paul's in prison for the second time. He's getting mm -hmm. beat, about ready to get his head cut off. He's been working with Timothy and Titus. Uh, oh, by the way, um, I wrote this down too. Um, Habakkuk, tell me if this is right, preacher. Some believe Habakkuk was a contemporary of the prophets Jeremiah and Zephaniah. And then yes. I kind of look at it like Paul with Timothy and Titus, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, yeah. so just, you know what I'm saying there? So just because Paul or Habakkuk's view of their lot in life, if people were to analyze it, they would say, that's terrible. That's awful. I want nothing to do with it. Right. Yeah. Who's but what may that? be terrible, what may be awful and what you may not want anything to do with is ordained by God's will with purpose. And I'm in. If I'm on top of that mountain with Solomon and I got all the horses and I got all the money and everything, I'm in. I, the Lord, hopefully he's in with me. I'm in with him. And if I'm Habakkuk and I'm going through all this, I'm in. We're in, we're in on God's will in all circumstances. And most of them are unexplainable because we can't define the purpose or that would frequently make us God. And exactly. we're not. See, right. So I think that's a parallel there. I think you're exactly right. It's one of the messages of the whole Bible is choose to rejoice because God is in charge. You yeah. and I are not in charge and that's okay. God is faithful. He's perfect. He's holy. He's righteous. He will take care of those who commit to live by faith in him, who commit to wait in faith. Yeah. Bacchic is now okay with that. He's done a 180 in three chapters, and he's going to live by faith. Amen. We should do as well. So that's Habakkuk. Yeah. Great message. Let's live by faith and rejoice in everything. God bless Amen. you. Well done. God bless you guys. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity too. Hopefully we get a chance to do something like this again. Uh, of all the uh, podcasts and with all due respect to everybody watching this with whom I've done a podcast, um, I've had as much fun doing this as I've ever had doing anything involving the Bible with the exception of being a church. Like I told you in the first episode, it's the first time somebody's asked me to go through a book with them. I'm honored, Randall. I'm honored, Isaac. Uh, to have had God guide me into this platform with you guys, learn from you guys, and uh, do it all in the name of the shepherd because we're nothing but his sheep. And you know what? Sometimes the sheep pen yields things like this. And, they're, and the yield is not to please God because that's impossible uh, if you really break down the Bible. Mm. But the pen is designed for sheep like us to learn. And, um, and to eventually go out there and share with other sheep and uh, just to have that opportunity to be part of that. Uh, I love you guys, man. That's about the only way to put it. Paul, it has been an absolute joy to have you. You have done a whale of a job being uh, a honorary wood 
a surrogate would. <laughs> um, and so we would be honored to have you on this again as we break down. It sounds like maybe Job or Exodus, um, but we'll see where the we'll see where the Holy Spirit takes us. But thank you for joining us. Um, it has been an honor, and I think uh, those that have partaken of this, whether they listen to or watch, uh, I've definitely been uh, uh, honored to have you to have you as well and to share your thoughts. So appreciate you, man. Yep. Thank fun. you. We've Thank you very it. much, and, um, and I look forward to the opportunity to do it again. All right. God bless you. Thank you, friends, for listening. We appreciate you.